Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of The Attic Bowie Podcast, where we talk about perspectives, reviews, news, and everything of that nature. I'm your host, Eric Wichaxano, and I'm joined today by one of my good friends, Honey. Hello, hello. Welcome to The Attic. First time. I feel at home right here. Yep. I feel at home. We're, we're going to talk about culture dysphoria today and what causes it, our personal experience that we're going to share, and uh, what we've done since to kind of break that mold. First and foremost, how you been? I've been good, man. I've been good. I've been going through a lot of things that really make me question how how much of a lens I've I've been putting on things, to be honest. And it's oh, yeah. it's really been incredible. Like a lot of things are becoming clear to me. A lot of things have been. I know it's a good push. So if y'all don't know, Honey is actually also a member of our other podcast. Shout out! Shout, shout out to out. No Authority <laughs> Podcast. Great name. I mean, what a name! The what No name. Authority before we go any further you can listen to us on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, even youtube or wherever we're everywhere wherever we're everywhere and you can follow us on twitter and insta at the attic by wick it's usually my meme page dump <laughs> you know, i just i just found the spam podcast page yeah am i on the right page right now <laughs> uh you can send us questions feedback topic suggestions feedback's always welcome yes, sir always welcome or just say hi to me yeah. that works too what is cultural dysphoria? It's uh, the dissonance between social expectation for someone with a uh, broad culture or identity and their desired embodiment of that culture. Or kind of uncertainty about where they fit into some of these cultural categories. Yeah, categories. Yeah. Close. I think the definition you just gave is pretty good. It covers up a lot of things that one would experience with cultural dysphoria. I think it's also one thing that people like to paint and maybe it's not cultural dysphoria, maybe it's just the way I am. Yep. But it's not, we, we tend to forget how much our culture influences us and how much our upbringing in one place can influence us to think and completely see things in a different way. And have you think that it's just you, you're different. So the common reaction to this is some distress, like anxiety, depression, feeling that your culture feels wrong to you, that you're alienated. That you're an imposter sometimes. So yeah. what do you think caused this? What do I think causes uh, cultural dysphoria, yeah. not feeling like you belong somewhere? Yeah. I think one example that I could personally say from experience is moving around a lot. Moving around a lot and not having a place to like where you're rooted in, you know, and always just having to make quick relationships, make quick friendships, make quick, uh, just everything is quick and you know it that it's going to end someday is it's very unsettling to be honest. Like you could really, it could really affect, it could give you that anxiety of not having a certain place to belong to, not yeah, having like that sense of belonging home. is not yeah, there. Yeah. 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 You don't feel rooted anywhere. And, I think what causes this as well is if someone's uh, bicultural. I have a friend who is Mexican, and he went to a school which uh, that was predominantly white. His parents were both Mexican. He's Mexican, but he does not speak any Spanish, or his parents didn't teach him any Spanish. Yeah. So growing up, he was confused if he was an American or is he Mexican. And when he does try to kind of want to be assimilated to his own culture he gets put looked aside down on looked i down would on. say a little bit yeah. yeah 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 i feel that and another one's also yeah if you were told to suppress your own culture say that's a big one you know what i mean that's uh, a big one. moving to another country yeah, yeah. that country isn't as welcoming to you uh to your people to your culture like 
because at one point yes you grew up you grew up looking around you and it's just people that are just like you people that understand what you mean when you say this is this yep and then you come to this completely different place and your sense of like how i'm going to express myself what things mean to a foreign ear that might sound a little like something i might say might sound a little a little maybe aggressive or maybe too loving or too whatever it is and it's just I think one of the biggest things is having this uh, confusion about how you're going to express yourself in these two different cultures. That will eventually kind of... Like, that has to collide somewhere. Exactly. That has to collide somewhere. So, do you have any personal experience that would you would like to share? Yeah, well, uh, obviously, I think the biggest thing I could mention uh, in light of like where I'm living now, for example, and the things I could look at most recently as most fresh having happened is... It's it's not really a specific experience that I've had. It's mainly a a running occurrence, occurrence, and it's maybe like a running theme I think in my life, yeah. and I, I'm kind of grateful for it. I'm not gonna lie. Like some of you do get some benefits, but uh, not take a, a wide tangent here. Uh, one of the biggest things I would say, like I I struggle with in terms of identity when it comes to culture is for example being back in jordan this is one of my experiences every summer i'm treated like i i don't know if i don't put on this very jordanian facade like if i don't put on this personality where i'm like not uh an outsider where i really have been around in jordan and act like i know everything about the country just so i don't get scammed yep i'm seen if it's not that i'm seen as like a little bit spoiled sometimes because like yeah, you come back here and you live outside of the you country. You live outside of the country. Yep. Like even when they talk to you about some experiences, they can completely downplay what your experiences were uh, were simply because yeah, like you wouldn't really understand it because you don't live here. Yeah, but that's also the case in Qatar. Like when I was in Qatar, I would I come from a pretty traditional family, and obviously Qatar is Middle Eastern, so it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But when I came here, then it was these two countries that I didn't feel like I belonged to. And now I feel like I belong to both of them just because I don't feel like I belong here. Yep. Because here you're, you're not Dutch enough. I'm not Dutch right? enough. You don't feel yeah. like you're Dutch enough to yeah. you. And here I'm like considered more Arab than I, yep. I mean, I, I love being Arab. I love the whole thing of being Arab, but here I'm considered a lot more Arab than people back home would think. Exactly. I am. People back home think I'm not Arab at all. Like I'm very whitewashed and very westernized. Yep. So you get a little confused, like you get, it shakes you. Same, similar with me. Uh, my personal experience growing up in America, I was surrounded. I also went to school, which was predominantly Caucasian. It was a Catholic school and they would make fun of me for being Southeast Asian, for being Indonesian. And naturally for a 15 year old, I would try to do anything to fit in, you know, and that started with, yeah, we want to get to that in a bit. Yeah. And yeah. that started with changing my accent. I have pretty much a Midwestern American accent because I'm from Midwestern Michigan. Yeah. Love the place. But shout out Michigan shout East Lansing. Out, shout out Michigan East Lansing. Shout out, shout out. But, you know, there wasn't any Indonesians there that grew up with me. In my school, there were um, Chinese international students, Korean international students. But international students tend to just be with themselves. Find their own niche. Exactly. Yeah. And there's no other Indonesian that was my age. And... By the time I was 17, I was convinced I was Caucasian. I have an American accent. Yeah, I was dress yeah. like a white dude. Start seeing your own people as like foreigners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm like surrounded by my friends. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like 
I'm one of them, but then there will be occurrences where like I'm reminded like, okay, this, I, I'm, I'm not one of them. And that, that's, that's like when I start to realize what is this confusion? Who, who, who am I? Uh, and it's you having these friends that you're with a certain way. And it's always like grounding coming back to your ethnic house. You know, I mean, I like to think my parents are a little bit open minded. It's not really that bad, but I understand like how I remember feeling so grounded when I got back and like remembering who this person was, yep. who this person was. So suppression of personalities, I think, is a pretty big thing that you get in, in cultural dysphoria. Like you feel like you have to suppress certain aspects of your personality when you're in this cult culture and uh, different aspects of your personality when you're in this one. Yep. And then you lose touch with who you actually are. My parents were all back home. My family were all back in Indonesia when I lived uh, in America. Yeah. I lived with my grandparents who were both Caucasian. So I don't really have something to kind of like go home to and be reminded that like, hey, you're this Indonesian boy. Yeah. You know, and it's not till I moved to Amsterdam that I realized this is fucking stupid. You know, I, I when I was here, I get exposed to I meet a lot more people who are from different backgrounds and I just see how proud they are where they came from. I see more people who are just proud of who they are, proud of speaking their own language, proud of their food, their own yeah, tradition. Yeah, confident in yes. who they are yes. as that person. Like, they bring it. It's like, hey, yes, I'm this person from this place. Yeah. This is who I am. This is my identity. And when I first saw that, I was like, oh, shit, I don't, I don't want to be known as an American kid. Yeah. Oh, that, Fo that, that, oh, you like baseball? Oh, okay, fuck out. Don't touch baseball <laughs> on this. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to be known as the American kid. Yeah, yeah. One of the biggest things is teach my friends about Indonesian culture. Same. Big time. Right? Big time. Like, I'm so proud. It's like, okay, yes, this is our food. This is our traditional dances. Like That's great, though. I think that's great. Exactly. And I that think that's amazing. But the thing is, Indonesian culture isn't fully welcoming who I am as a person. They don't welcome that. They're... There's still too much judgment about someone's sexual uh, orientation, their skin color, religion, all that. And I don't want to sound condescending, but that's beneath me. Uh, I think there's no shame in saying something like that. You, as Eric, have experienced some things. Actually, most of your life, you've experienced things that most of these people that completely don't understand will obviously look down upon because yep. it's easier for them to put this meaning of you being a foreigner in their country than them to just think that, yeah, he's he's different because he's just been able to express this, this, this differently because of different cultures. And that was one of the factors that just made me distance yeah. myself from being Indonesian yeah, in the yeah. first place. For example, being back home, if you have darker skin, it's looking, it's, you will get, look, frowned upon because there's still this, like, weird fascination about east asian beauty like japanese south korea yeah, that white cream bullshit yeah like yeah, yeah. like oh yeah here buy a cream to bleach your skin and like yeah, it's completely burn it. socially acceptable to bleach your skin bro we're we're indonesian we have brown skin Chill, for a reason yeah. okay i lived in a western country people here would literally go outside fry their skin get red as a lobster just to be tanner yeah and when I go home, people were looking at me because I was tanning outside. Like, oh, what are you doing? 
I want to get darker skin. It's like, oh, why? That's you already so have bad. dark skin, yeah. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You what? get golden though. I'm not gonna lie. Like, you don't even get brown. You get gold. Yeah, bro. Golden, bro. Got that golden. And that's garden. everyone back home. Point I did want to bring up was cherry picking from both cultures, big time. Like, I feel even right now, I feel like I am with with, with what we just said about cooking for our friends, for example. Yep. Like, I really enjoy that. I enjoy the cuisine. I enjoy exploring, like, meanings behind why this dish is the way it is. And, uh, like you said with, as proud of, as proud as I am of this, 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 of my culture, there are a lot of things of your own culture that you don't want to be associated with. I don't want to be associated with extremely traditional rules when it comes to like marriage for example or yep. i think a lot of it stems from collectivism and individualism like you get for example you live in a west western countries mainly have this individualistic view on things where you yep. do things for yourself you do things for like if i want to do this i do this but the thing is like you get in in asian countries and in your case, East Asian countries and my Southeast case, Asian. Southeast Asian countries, my bad. Ignorance out there. Nah, nah. Okay. Uh, Middle East. You get like these, this collective, a collectivism where you do things for the general good of your family, for example. Yep. Or your people. You know what I mean? So this breeds different moral values. This breeds different ways of you, how you even interact with how people. How you carry yourself. You. How you carry yourself, how yep. you interact, how you express yourself. So a lot of it gets very, very mushy at times. But I do think that we have something, uh, this obviously goes for everybody that's listening to this and agree with uh, what we just said or see a little bit of themselves in like these problems that you would have when you live in two cultures. I think it's a good thing. I think soon enough, everybody's going to be like that. Yeah. Unless you live in like a village somewhere and you grow up there and, and you just choose to work there. It's these differences that are very, very deeply embedded in us that we must, it's our responsibility to choose, I guess. Yep. What we want to take from that, what is good from that, and what is something that we don't want our kids to have. Yep. Basically. Yep. And that's the last talking point I want to bring up yeah. as well. Just. Take, you know, take the good things you can from your culture. Exactly. You don't have to keep all that. I'm not going yeah. to. You're not less of an Indonesian if you don't agree with no. some things that Indonesians no, no. might think is culturally normal. Yeah, because the culture itself removed from conservatism. Conservatism. Thank you. I'm not it's, even sure if that's the word. But it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, we have hundreds, not thousands of traditional food, dances, clothing. The language, the clothing. music. If you keep any... I think one like one thing that holds true in all of my experiences with I don't know the infinite the infinitely different people that I'm going to meet in the future and have met so far is that we're all very we're all very similar like deep down in essence like we're all very we're all the same we all want the same things in life we all want the same fulfillment maybe not out of the same things but we all do seek that fulfillment out of something we want love. We want good, fulfilling relationships in our life. And that sense of belonging, like we said that earlier. That sense of belonging, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Shall I close this then? Let's like, do it. Yeah? Let's do it. Yeah. This yeah. has been another episode of the Attic by Wick podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Great talk. And honey, of course, thank you for letting me a take pleasure. your time. Always a pleasure. If you guys ever had like similar experience or something to add, do hit us up. Let me know. I'm actually interested to hear about this. Yeah, uh, we want to hear your story. Yeah. Tell us how you felt most out of place and why you felt most out of place. 
and maybe tell us what's worked for you in that kind of thing. Also, speaking of culture dysphoria, yeah. do you eat rice with spoon or fork? Spoon. I think whoever eats it with a fork. I like rice with a fork sometimes. Like if I'm feeling a little, I don't want to eat too much right now. I want to get full pretty quick. It's that fork. Or okay. if I'm too lazy to get a spoon. Okay. Or to push the rice onto the spoon. When I was back home and it would be like a celebration. And it's like tradition to eat with our hands. Ah. Bro, hands is just... I used to be against it for the longest time. Wow. I, that's one big thing. I felt like oh, maybe I am actually spoiled. But then I, I used my hands... I've never gotten a better bite. The bacteria in your hand makes the food slaps better. It's a seasoning. It's, it's a extra seasoning. seasoning. Sir, give me that extra sweat. <laughs> well, okay, of course, you can listen to us. On <laughs> <laughs> or not. <laughs> on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, all that, wherever you listen to. We got to you, it. we got you. Yep, and hit us up on our socials, still at The Attic by Wick. And I've been your host, Eric Jacksona, and for my guest, Honey, we're signing off. See, See you all next time. Thank you. That's a wrap. Before I beg you guys to download and share this podcast, uh, I want to talk about my Patreon. So by using Patreon, you can support me and support this podcast. This is just another reason for me to keep pumping out hopefully quality content for you guys to listen to. And, you know, I do have some goals. Like if, if I reach a certain amount of patrons, I want to upgrade our equipment here in the studio. And if you can't, that's okay too. I am so thankful to have you guys even want to listen to me and my friends babble about things that run through my head. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Bye.